Hey guys, welcome to the Is This Cinema pod with me, Priscilla. And me, Jess. So today, we're going to be reviewing probably, I don't know about you, Jess, I'd say top mm-hmm. two, Scors- no, top four Scorsese works, Killers of the Flower Moon. Are you going to put it straight there? I'm putting it straight there. I'm putting it straight there. This is some of his best work. Mm-hmm. Some of his best work by country, but I, I've there's nothing he's done, I think, other than three films that come close to this. But we could probably do our rate <laughs> rankings on school easier afterwards. But we'll do the let's do the admin and we'll go into the film because I think the film is going to yeah. be like a thirty minute discussion <laughs> of what. Wow. <laughs> so, admin, we have been reviewing Gen V. If you're a big fan of the boys and you've not watched Gen V, watch on Amazon Prime. Um, and have a listen to all the review episodes we've done on that. Then we've also done reviews on the Taylor Swift concert movie, um, which I did with a lovely guest, and we rattled on about how much we loved Taylor Swift. And it's a male. <laughs> a man did it with me. So if you want to hear male perspective on Taylor Swift, have a listen. We also talk about Travis Kelsey for a little bit as well. <laughs> and furthermore, well, we've done all the regs, all the normal stuff. So we've also reviewed past shows. We're doing Loki at the moment as well, but We've done tons of other shows. So if you've watched um, Rain Dogs, if you watched Yellow Jacket, any of that fun stuff, have a look down the feed. We've also done Sex Education. If you are still watching and want to listen to our opinions, then have a listen. Tell us if you agree or not. That's also fine. Let's get into the killers. <laughs> of that flower. I thought, gonna go, I thought we were going to like slowly... I wanted to slowly do it, but that film... Okay, so for, like when you first saw that it was a, another three-hour-plus movie, what was like your first thoughts on that? I was fine. I was fine. I don't mind staying in the cinema because I remember I watched the I the Irishman and that was fine. That felt mm-hmm. that, that 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 felt three hours. That felt like three hours, probably two hours in. But I don't really mind a three-hour <laughs> film. I don't mind it like. Titanic sort of zooms by when you watch it. Same with Avatar, yeah. Infinity War. Like, there's been plenty of three-hour films that don't feel like three-hour films. So, no, I wasn't too annoyed about the runtime. How did you feel when you first heard it was going to be nearly four hours? First, I was, like, worried because I was thinking, will I be able to, like, keep my attention? And then, mm-hmm. obviously, like, because there's just so many things going on in this yeah. film. Yeah. It definitely flew by. So it didn't really bother me. Because like before I wouldn't be like the last time I watched like I really enjoyed like a three hour film was probably like the Lord of the Rings series. It's yeah. it was around three hours one day. They were, they were very, very Yeah, long. yeah, they were about three and a half hours, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, I was just like, Am I ready for this? But then I really did enjoy well, I did is enjoy the word. <laughs> I thought it was a great film. Let me just say it that way. True. Because I don't think enjoy the film. <laughs> You can't really enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. Let's get a, let me get straight into characters. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm gonna go straight into Leo. Yeah, Ernest is the most sniveling, snivelling loser I've <laughs> ever encountered in my life. Like. That is Scorsese's, probably one of his best protagonists, because he's such a coward. He's a loser. Yeah. He's a dim-witted idiot. 
Like he's a twat for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes him worse. So I'm do you think sh- that he was worse than um, De Niro's character? Oh, then? no, no, no. De Niro, De Niro was a special, special, special brand of evil. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a different level of... It's a different evil. Because I'm happy he's attacking the middleman. Mm-hmm. Like, you know when you've got, like, a manager who's not your top boss, then middle one, <laughs> and they treat you like crap? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one that's only getting paid, like, one pound more one than pound you. One pound more than you, but there's such a job to An work. hour. Yeah. Because <laughs> Leo played him so well. I can't mm-hmm. see... I look at Leo, I'm like, God, this is disgusting. Like, um, I look at you and I can't... If that frown he was doing the whole movie was pissing me off. <laughs> like, he's so... The levels of things he did to what he gained for, I don't know. He didn't gain anything mm-hmm. from it, really, in the grand scheme of things. Or he did gain a lot, to be yeah. honest. He did gain a lot. But for what he, he encountered... Like, the way he slowly poisoned her... Like his own wife, like his own wife, his own wife, like the (laughs) lengths of things he did. Like, I'm so no, that film, like, he was such an absolute coward. Like, the way he was poisoning Molly and the things he was doing, the the bidding he did for his uncle. And I'm like, (laughs) you're doing this for some, you're not, what what power are you gaining from the chain? So I'm just saying, like, is there like an uncle that in your life that you would, if they told you, like, you need to do this? No. Or like an auntie? No. <laughs> to commit family. to commit ethnic cleansing. <laughs> what? <laughs> to do ethnic it's... cleansing. That's what this was, was just genocide. Like, so confused about. This was genocide because she watched him, and I'm like. I loved that he portrayed, he put this, obviously the book, the book is the book, but I'm so happy that this sort of protagonist was on the main screen because not Mm. enough of this is shown. Because I think when it comes to 12 Years a Slave and all the movies we've got about colonial powers and genocides and the rampant things white people did um, for many years and are still doing now, there's a tendency to show like the, like, like what Michael Fassbender played too well in 12 Years a Slave. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The rampant slave owner who's powerful. What Leo did in Django Unchained, do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. to showcase this sort of colonialism, this form of genocidal maniac is so well done because that happens and we get people like that now. Yeah, that's very true. So you can definitely never always... Like, it's just like people that you have in your life that you think, oh, this is a good person. When they're literally just like stabbing... Not even stabbing, shooting. Shooting! People around you. Shooting! (laughs) Behind your back. Oh, what makes it work? And your family members are just dying one by one. Oh, what makes it work? Do you remember when his uncle was saying that you'll get more of the head rights if you... If if more of her family, like he, this whole thing is so insidious. And do you know what is actually pissing me off? Actually, is that in <laughs> schools because I'm I'm doing my teaching training, and I honestly think this needs to be taught in schools. 
because yeah. this is a genocide we don't talk about often. We don't talk about what happened to Native Americans. It's like a little political point people throw mm-hmm. at people when making t- points and debates, but it's not something we truly learn about. Because I went back and I researched all this. So I'm like, I know a lot about some of the Native American genocides and some of the things that happened um, that happened to them and that are happening to them even now in case case in point, the oil pipes and what they're doing there and the reservations and how they're treating them and the laws against them, etc. But th- this particular case in point, like what happened in Oklahoma, one of my close friends is from there. So she was telling me a lot yeah. of things to read and research. I was researching it. And the idea that white people married into Native American families to to do this mm-hmm. to kill yeah. them off and gain power and land and all these things and oil and all these things it's so twisted but then jumping back to what you said about like learning these things in school that's like very true because i didn't know about the story and i know that this is like a bit kind of off track so basically like last year i went to this play and it was basically about queen victoria and apparently she had two um was it her goddaughters or did she adopt them it was basically one was african and one was south asian and it's like why am i learning this <laughs> as a grown adult why were these stories not told in school like as you said at school because especially in my school like south asian kids were the majority black people were like second place and there was like a lot of so why aren't these like stories pushed forward to us people of color why is it always like oh you know the white saviour type stories like oh you know we went to the war and we fought these people you know, this won. is my issue it's like histories <laughs> these are the stories that we need because obviously the quote the quote rings the quote obviously has some resonance in terms of histories written by the winners but history is not only written by the winners we are mm-hmm. pushed to read the stories written by the winners but there are also history written by people who've been heavily affected by what happened who don't get listened to do you know what I mean yeah um and this is a case of many, like we all know what America did, what white America did, oh my gosh, what white English people did to gain power yeah. in America. We know they killed Native Americans because you know that basic fact. Mm-hmm. But the things they but did not like after, how they did it but and how the type they of things did that they did. The lengths they went to doing it, what they did after they gained that land, how they treated these Native Americans then, how they're treating them now. Because I think what made it even worse, what makes him even more of a coward, was when he got pushed. To t- <laughs> when he got pushed to testify, because I read the book, mm-hmm. I decided to read a book about, I think, from his children, I think, and I think one of the nephews, the uh, the uncle, like the grandchild of Ernest, I don't remember. Someone from the family said that Ernest went back to apologize to the children or to come back to try and when he got released from prison. Um, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> he got put in prison um, but um, when they went back to visit I think he tried to like worm his way back in it wasn't working and I think when he did die and he gave him his ashes and he asked to, the audacity of this man to be asked to, <laughs> his ashes to be scattered over the land that he killed members of her family yeah. your wife's member wife your wife's family and the wife you tried to kill yourself it's like he tried to kill on top of it as well as well scattered the land over the land he didn't he literally got pissed off with the ashes i think the sun and then dashed it over in a bridge if i remember correctly <laughs> good for him good for him but honestly like i think 
because I'll go into one of my critiques of the film later on. Um, but mm-hmm. th- that's for Philo. Let's go to the, the okay. Leo's one villain. Villain one. Villain two. <laughs> <laughs> villain dos. I'll call. Villain duh. <laughs> William King Hale. <laughs> Bobby De Niro. Robert De Niro. I'm sorry, Robert Downey Jr. and Robert De Niro are going to have to do 50 casts for the Oscar. <laughs> because what Robert De Niro did in this film. <laughs> He said, you'll see me today. <laughs> he said, I'm still guarding. <laughs> I've never seen evil of this nature before. There's evil, <laughs> then there's evil. This man is sick. It's actually, when I was watching his film, and there's some things he would say that are so sick that are funny. Leo said said something. Do you remember when Leo said fuck a duck or something? I burst that laughing. I'm so sorry. I burst that laughing because it was so stupid. But there was something that (laughs) Bobby De Niro was doing something so twisted but it made me laugh. (laughs) So about this, you're a sick bastard. You're a genocidal maniac. Like, Jess, what did you think? What, what, What did you think of him? I just find it mad, like, how he was obviously, like, the leader of all this. Like, the person that you meant to trust to have your back. <laughs> it's just killing you off one by one. And obviously, like, just, like, hiding behind his nephew to do that. Like, I feel like that's the thing that just, like, had me glued in. Because it's just, like, I thought there was going to be, like, a point where he just thinks, of course, like, you married this woman. Like, can you not, like, you know, have your own back about yourself? But no, he didn't. <laughs> So just like watching this go through all the way in the film, it was just like so shocking to me. Like honestly, I just I feel like he did. He definitely did like an amazing job in portraying this character. I think what makes it worse, I think, (laughs) was how in the beginning of the film. He seems like this, like, oh, he speaks their language, he's doing his <laughs> gift, he's a cab driver, like, he's, he's, he's doing ally, like, obviously we know he's not, but, you know, stupid white people who are watching this film probably think he's an ally. And then when um <laughs> says, oh, yeah, like, I'm basically killing people of this, this is the girl you need to focus on, he marries the girl, and then he goes, well... She, her family have most of the oil head rights. So we pop each of their clogs one by one. It will end up with us having it. Mm-hmm. I've already arranged the deaths. You do with your wife. It's like... Just <laughs> watching it. And I'm like... I think what made it worse was just how... Uh, do you, do you, the thing seems like such a cartoon villain thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it's true. A lot of it doesn't like, feel like it was a real thing. It 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 feels like this is such a like it feels like a plot to a cartoon film. You kill members of different members of a family, so then you of a Native American family who rightfully own the rights, but then for your son to, for your nephew in rights, and then he will then be make him sell it to you. Will have the rights to it, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it was the most, like, insidious thing. Like, there's a level of evil there that is beyond sick. That was yeah. really, like, even when he um got the private detective that Molly got, 
um, to investigate all the, the deaths in her family. Not the deaths, that's, that's putting it like, like the murders mm-hmm. that happened in her family, how they were killed. He gets that guy beaten up. <laughs> like it was just and do you know what made it worse I think he was at the end that he got released from prison so what was the do you know what I mean and what was the point yeah and it didn't happen that long ago either like it, Robert De Niro played and that's like the scariest bit when you think about all these times in history it was like less than a hundred years ago just about not exactly. just about exactly less than a hundred years ago and I think what made it worse is that like he played the banal the insidious the sick the evilness so well <laughs> like that's probably one of the best he actually saves his best performances for, for school Scorsese I tell you that I tell you that I tell you that <laughs> he hears Marty's doing a film he he puts he, he does his best work for him because I don't know how he tops this mm-hmm. because this was freakishly excellent like this was an excellent portrayal this is exactly what I envisioned when I'm like thinking of someone like that, like I just, well, okay, right, I hated him so much. <laughs> I hate him because I'm like, there's there's such an evil to kill people. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To do it in such a way that's so, and to get so involved in that community like that. Do you know what I mean? There's a level of sickness that Robert De Niro tapped into. You're like people there. that are meant to, you're meant to be somebody that they trust, and you're not, and you're killing them. <laughs> <laughs> he played... I just feel like it's just amazing how he's still able to do this at 80 years old I'm shocked 80. actually I'm not shocked tell her like it's Robert De Niro it's Robert De Niro it's Robert De Niro <laughs> that man is got talent seeping out of his pinky finger but like to play that that well I, I, I held my hands up I was like you know what man Barbie because <laughs> I was literally sitting there I came out at the end of the film my head was my my world was rocked completely. Then I came out of it thinking, you know what? I don't know how Robert Downey Jr. gets this Oscar because of mm-hmm. that. That was from start to finish. He was excellent. Yeah, I there was not one scene I watched with him in it that I didn't film. He didn't do his bit. He, he was excellent, 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 excellent. But huh, let let me go into for me the star of the film, the person yes. who I feel I was just in awe of watching, which was Lily Gladstone as Molly. Mm-hmm. She was phenomenal, <laughs> and I think the one critique I had of this film. And I think the interpreter brought it up as well. I was happy that the language um, expert who taught um, Lily and the other actresses and actors from the um, the Osage tribe on how to um, speak the language, he said it himself, is that I actually wish this story was told from their perspective. Yeah, I remember people saying that as well. Um, because I understand it's a direct thing from the book, but then there's a way that you can actually flip a film and center mm-hmm. the actual, do you know what I mean? Because I think whilst this film was excellent and I, I loved watching it, I think it was a, for a film, it's a very moving film, but I think it would have been more fascinating seeing it from her perspective. Mm-hmm. 
and seeing it Maybe from and I think that's the critique out of the film. I always prefer when it comes to these sort of films and you're doing it on a genocide that happened, always doing it from the perspective of someone who's um who's going through the genocide. Of course, there's an importance of knowing like what the the people who were in power and who were committing the genocide are doing, of course, because we need to know what was leading to the decisions that they made, of course. But of a film like this, you have creative license to flip the narrative and make her the mm-hmm. main, because she was obviously the narrator. I remember at the beginning of the film, she's listing all the ways her family members were passing. I thought Molly was incredible. Um, I thought she was such a pivotal character in this whole thing. The whole film hinges on her. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was the way she fought for her family even when she went to Washington in the state that she was in to fight for her family because no one was there other than her. I think the length she went to, and I think the way she, I think the last scene with Ernest when she was at the end, she's confronting him and asking him, did you poison me? Like, did you do it? And obviously he's like saying, I know, no, no. But like she hadn't banged to rights. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, she was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. I was incredibly moved by it. I, even when she wasn't speaking, she held like you felt her presence very much yeah. so. And I think the saddest thing of the film was when obviously you hear that she passes away from um, I think diabetes, I think it was, yeah, and yeah. the obituary is read out, and there is no mention of the murders in it. That's yeah. what made it sick. So I'm like, so even in death what you fought for came to no resolution. Yeah. Which was sad. But I don't know, how, how did you feel about her? I thought she was amazing. Like, even her, just like her facial expressions throughout the whole thing. You just felt like a raw emotion. And um, she was definitely somebody that was a key character in the film. And yeah, unfortunately, you know, her husband... <laughs> did her dirty throughout but then it was just like good to see like how she was just strong in the end and then obviously just like left that relationship and just how much of a strong character that she was Mm. i thought she was she did an amazing job she was do you know what it's like her first like big role in a while yeah because i remember she said she was gonna quit before marty marty called her I hope this gives her all the roles in the world. I genuinely hope so. Um, I hope this yeah. ca- catapults her. If I'm Apple, I'm campaigning her for supporting and she'll win. Mm-hmm. She'll win. This is why yeah, I think she's a she'll great win. I don't think nothing beats that. Um, and I think this calls for a wider criticism, I think, with directors. And whenever you're doing a film on a genocide, I think it's very important that you centre the viewpoint of the person going through it. I think you can tell with Marty's direction, we can go into it afterwards, but I think you can tell with Marty's direction that you can tell he hated Ernest. You can tell he hated (laughs) his family and what they were doing. And that's good that we can see that in your direction of how you're portraying how sick these people were. But it would have been much more fascinating and actually more real if we viewed it from the perspective of someone who's now meeting this white Catholic man who's saying that she's he's in love with her and she marries him and she's thinking it's going to be something and it doesn't turn out to be that thing. And all of her family members are dying mysteriously when we know that they're actually being killed. 
And that mm-hmm. would have been much more of a fascinating film to watch from that end, from that perspective. Do you know what I mean? It's the same view I have with Hotel Randa. It's a very controversial, it's not controversial actually, because that what actually happened in that film didn't happen in that film in that way. But I was I rathered it came from the perspective of someone who was Tutsi and what they experienced yeah. in and the Hutu um moderates and what they experienced in that genocide. Same way with um I love the boy in striped pajamas book and the film. It's incredibly sad and moving how a child of an SS soldier befriends a Jewish boy and obviously they both get killed together in the concentration camp because his dad was mm-hmm. running one of the camps. But it would have been much better if it was from the perspective of I've got the kid's name, but from the the boy who was in the camp, the Jewish boy. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think a lot of these Is films. Sh- sh- what's the name? Name. I can't, I, can't even, I don't remember the name of the of the other kids whose dad ran the camp. But um, mm-hmm. I think when you come to films about genocides, even if like films about the Armenian genocides, the everything that happened in Kosovo, like all these films that you do, it's always better to do it from the perspective of someone who's actually going through that thing rather than the perpetrator. Because then it's like, we always hear about the perpetrators because that's what history writes. But then then why do you think they do that though? Why don't they want to put it from like the other perspective? Because I think you'd have to work 10 times harder to find a perspective of someone. True. That's A. And B, people aren't bothered to do it. They yeah. don't care. Like, A, is it easier to do a film based on a narrative already driven from a book? Like the hotel like I give you a case case in point of this book, this film, Killers of the Flower Me was based on the book. And about mm-hmm. the creation of the FBI. It's easier to do it from the perspective of the person writing the book than it is to actually go yeah. to these. So just like taking what that information and they're just like putting extra, it extra extrapolating into a film rather than going to these tribes and asking them like what happened and doing a film that way and also using that book as a little bit of scaffolding for it because then you can sort of show yeah. the perspective of what happened with their side of it but the dominating narrative is this person do you know what I mean so it's just a it's just a laziness thing and it's just um it affects everyone it affects everyone like Martin Scorsese is probably one of the most brilliant men and I, I love him dearly, sincerely, but sometimes, you know, critiques happen and you have to get critiqued. And this is one of the main the main critique I had of the film was just that it should have been in Molly's perspective. It should have been from their family's perspective. It should have been from Kyle's perspective, this whole thing, because it was happening to them. So... It would have been very interesting seeing the perspective of her sisters and her siblings and all these things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And knowing their lives. Do you know what I mean? Like before, like we didn't need to know. I'm seeing from their side the the what's his face Hale coming in and in, infiltrating their space. Do you know what I mean? Um. So yeah, I think that's the main critique I do. But Lily Gladstone was phenomenal, phenomenal. Like I've got no critiques about anything she did. She was perfect, start to finish. And I feel the same way, I don't know about you, about all the other characters in the film. I think um, my man, Jesse Plemons, who um, played <laughs> Jesse Plemons, who played Tom White. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> That's love, like I just came out, like just like deep into the film. <laughs> like, 
if we go into it, like um, John Lithgow, um, Brendan Fraser, have we crack it up? Uh, when he when he shouted in the middle of the court scene, like I feel like oh, I, I'm trying to remember the actress who played her sister, or no, her mom. Uh, I think it's is it Tan No, the her she was a brilliant as well, but who played her sister? It's gonna really annoy me. I don't remember. Was she in like other stuff before? Yeah, like I think Janae Collins, like the actress no, who yeah, played yeah, her yeah. sister. They were mm-hmm. very 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 good. Um, loved and I actually I'm so upset that the studios don't want to pay the actors um, yeah. their rightful money because it would have been very nice to see a press junkie and these guys get more attention hopefully when they do get their deal um, that they are able to get their day in the sun because they deserve it because they were all phenomenal I don't know who but I think my favourite scene was Brendan Fraser shouting in the middle of the courtroom I was I was crying because I'm like why is he talking like that <laughs> that's what I kept thinking but I do like that even though it was like a heavy film there were like still moments where you could just like laugh, laugh a bit as well and like, it, fe- it didn't feel and it didn't feel wrong in a way to, it's not, it didn't feel like disrespectful in that way it just felt like this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I give her an example. Like, Django Unchained is the funniest <laughs> I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> this that scene of the KKK members, one of them getting upset about the way that his wife cut the holes in the white sack. <laughs> and he's like, all you do is criticize, criticize, criticize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave me and mine alone, and he just rides off on his own. Well, Leonard, he's in Blood Diamond as well, isn't it? Why is yeah. he in these films? Yeah, why is he always in these films? <laughs> is he like trying to tell us something? Because <laughs> if I, if someone brings up Jaguar Chase, I always bring up that all y'all do is criticize, criticize, criticize. <laughs> Some of these like, sometimes racism is actually bonkers. Like, <laughs> like it's actually so funny the whole thing. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That killers on a flower moon. Like, when he said "fuck a duck," I laughed. I'm sorry. But some of the, some of them was what, what was it when they talked about the them, them having children? There was a line about them having like Ernest and Molly having children. There was a weird line that I think Robert De Niro's character said. <laughs> that I laughed because it was just so racist. Of course, it would be. <laughs> But let's get let's get into Marty because we talked about him. Yeah, him and Christopher Lone are gonna have to fight because <laughs> I don't know who takes I don't know who takes best director because I have no horse in this fight because it's it's hard because this this is hard for me because. I think Oppenheimer is one of my favorite films I've ever watched. Killers of the Flower Moon is one of my film my favorite films I've ever watched. I don't know which, and I don't know who I think is going to win it. It depends on what what take they give. I don't know if a white and I don't know if an Oscar um, voter is going to vote for a film that's insulting white people from start <laughs> to finish. And I don't know if they're going to vote for a film that's basically calling America. <laughs> 
<laughs> genocidal man- um, like maniacs who basically created a nuclear bomb to kill people it's like, I don't, there's no horse in this fight um, but I feel like what Marty's direction was some of his best he's ever done I think the scene where you mm-hmm. know when he pan out and you see the whole like um, when you see like Brendan Fraser the, the lawyers and everyone involved yeah. and that was amazing like even the scenes like the quietest scenes you remember I think they posted it on Twitter I'm actually happy they posted it on Twitter when like Molly and Ernest are both like talking about the, how it's raining outside and it's just really quiet and they're just having a conversation and she's telling him like calm down like relax like stop <laughs> bouncing around like he the big moments the small moments were done so well so so and well. it's incredible to just keep people locked in especially for that long like how could you just like not have people be like oh you know this is like this scene shouldn't be there or the scene is too long or the scene is just not right yeah. and just to be able to do that for such a long period of time is just incredible so oh, and <laughs> as you said they're both three hour films so whoever who's doing the voting good luck I, <laughs> do you know what because honestly because <laughs> i Marty's done something like, like Taxi Driver. He, like, Wolf of Wall Street. Like, if we go into his Blood Diamond, like, if we go into what he's done, mm-hmm. like, there's so many. Um, Obviously, I have Heat as number one. Mm-hmm. It's my favourite film he's ever done. Taxi Driver's next. Um, I don't know where I placed this film in my top four because, like, there are so... Like, The Departed... Like, do you know how many films he's got, Jess? Mm-hmm. He's got good. He's got Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And the King. I think of Goodfellas Comedy. is one of my brother's favorite films. Actually, it is. Like, it's. I. I think I have Heat, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Killers. Mm-hmm. It's moved Wolf of Wall Street out, and it's moved The Departed out. It's just crazy, like how many films have all done together as well. Oh, them two. Like them two. Working with, like, them the same two. direction, the same actors. Treacherous twins. Treacherous twins, as um, Drake said, isn't it? Him and Robert De Niro. <laughs> like, Him and Leo as well. Like they always. So like he knows who to call. I'm happy Martin Scorsese. And he wants to do his best work. But Martin Scorsese said, "Dump your white men to today, today." <laughs> <laughs> he said. No more swirling. He told Robert De Niro, you need to stop with the black women. <laughs> he said no to swirl. <laughs> he died with the swirl. He said no more. <laughs> the end of a white man. Do you know the worst thing is? Yeah. I was actually looking at my te- my phone, and I was like, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> Who did you watch this film with? Actually, I didn't even ask you. Oh, did you watch it on? Yeah, I watched it by myself. <laughs> I can't watch this. I remember I watched um like I can't watch this film with him. I came to the conclusion. All I when I finished watching this film, I said, "I'm not watching this film with him." <laughs> That's like how people felt when like Get Out as well. Oh, like yeah, me and Jess watched Get Out Together and we side on every white person. <laughs> Including our best friend. Sorry, sister. No, we no, we love her. We love her. We love her. That guy ain't racist, man. That girl would fight a racist before becoming a racist. But I'm not gonna lie, every Period. white person every, 
you know, we love Lauren up in here. <laughs> but I, I swear to you, we watched Get Out. Every person who wasn't black was getting a side eye from me. Immediately. <laughs> I was sitting in my lectures. I was like, hmm. <laughs> After I watched Kindles of the Flower Moon, I was on the bus and I was looking at everyone weirdly. I was like, would you would you marry me and make this happen to you? my heads. That's the thing, like as soon as you marry like a white person and then you just see like one of your relatives get ill. Mm. It's like start side eyeing. Start side eyeing immediately. <laughs> and, and, do you know what I think? I think what made it, <laughs> think what made it worse was um <laughs> What made it worse is that, like, imagine, like, is this, this LinkedIn? Like, did you see the picture of Cole Palmer and his granddads? Yeah. Okay, guys, I want you to deep this. Cole Palmer and Marcus Rashford come from the same Caribbean island. <laughs> Cole... But it's really interesting, though, because his sister actually looks mixed and then. Yeah, Cole Palmer is mixed race. And but he's mixed race, right? His dad's black, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, one of one of his dad's mix his dad's mixed and his mom's white. Okay. So he's mainly white. Um <laughs> but he's got a black grandfather. <laughs> from the same island that Marcus Rashford is also from. Marcus Rashford, as you know, may know, who is the prime minister of this country, who I claim is the prime minister of this country, lovely man. Um he's a black man. From St. Kitts. <laughs> what is going to say she's trying to stop this from happening? <laughs> what Shonda Rhimes did to this community, he's, um, he's repairing. <laughs> <laughs> he's repairing. We need to stop. We need to stop. No, to swell. No. Maybe he just had, maybe he just like had it. Actually, you have a good point. Maybe he just had enough of... <laughs> He's no, he saw Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro is coming to him with a new ethnic minority every five working days, and he said, Enough! (laughs) (laughs) No to swell. That is the hashtag for the end of 2023. Actually, the year's near ending. Yeah, no to swell. (laughs) We must ban it. Don't bring your white partner into into 2024. So you have like two month note a two month note. <laughs> I'm not involved with myself into this, but <laughs> y'all drop yours. <laughs> they can't come with you. Actually, like would you I'm know screaming. the meme of the girl who's in her heels in the dress and she's going up the stairs into the new year? Your white man has to be behind in 2023. <laughs> well, I'm not excusing you niggas. Your white women have to go. So even the ones who think they're Latina, they have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Scorsese spoke we listened oh gosh he's the anti he put the anti show the rhymes potent in the air <laughs> you have nine nine weeks six if I see Charlie Bobby Melissa Cara Ann Chloe I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be knocking on your door <laughs> They gotta go. <laughs> no to the swell. Robert De Niro, that means you. <laughs> that means I don't know you. how he felt when he read that script. He better be looking at himself. 
<laughs> this man has put his Italian sperm everywhere. Black. Mainly black. Now his new one is... I know, it looks like his, yeah, his new one's like Asian. Asian isn't she? Has he not had enough? Of been to a good old mm-hmm. Italian white woman. What's wrong? What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Must he infiltrate <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> he said, I'm going to bring swell. There's actually should be a race category for Robert De Niro. For all these children, just a De Niro. You're a De Niro. He just has them in like all different colours. We've had That'd enough. We've had enough. <laughs> no to swell. This is how we're going to end the episode. No to swell. <laughs> no to swell. Oh, gosh. It's from the rhymes. You have... You, <laughs> the next few Bridgertons must all be white. <laughs> The same way Colin and Penelope are white. I want the next ones to be white. No to swell. I'm telling you, that film is going to rock marriages. It's going to rock marriages. I know loads of, like, loads of married people definitely went to go watch that. I wonder if they feel the same. Anyway, you have until the You 31st have December 31st, 11.59pm. <laughs> And if you're going to bring them to 2024, make sure they're okay. I want you to start looking at your family members. If one person gets COVID, I want you to look at your partner. If someone has diabetes and the insulin is not working, I think you need to look at your partner. <laughs> if they catch the common flu. You need to look. Are they bringing in someone's used tissue from the bin at work? <laughs> Put it in there for you. Don't know. You need to ask these questions, guys. <laughs> we need to. De- we need to defeat. Shut the rounds has done too much damage to this community. You see what scandal did to us. <laughs> People are thirsting over fits. Oh my gosh! I love. That's actually hilarious. Though. I started watching. I started watching Lupin recently as well. Mm, Lupin. Mm. Oh. Ah, what makes it worse? What makes it worse with Lupin? Is that um, huh? <laughs> the only ones that are not in my realm are Thomas and Dare. You do you, babes. I like <laughs> you two together. That's a good man, Savannah. <laughs> so they're the only ones that can enter twenty twenty four. Thomas and Dare, they're gosh. good with me. Tom Holland's a good man, and who else is in there? Because <laughs> you know what, yeah. This, this is how we should end an episode. Joshua Jackson, I'm keeping my eye on you, Pacey. <laughs> he, he, Jody Turner Smith, they split up. Why are you going after Lupita? Leave my East African sister alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. I said, who? My sister, Lupita. He no. said, blacks only. <laughs> I know. No to swell. Lupita, go watch Killers of the Flower Moon. You're going to say no to that very quickly. Maybe we should applaud um, Travis Kelsey. No, he, he, treat, no he treated the few, his, his ex-girlfriend terribly, so no, no claps for him. <laughs> no claps for him. Never but, mind. But my sister Taylor... Looks like, well, he looked like one of the people in this film with that moustache. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and all he did was a, a hat, a fedora, and then... <laughs> You know what? It's true. It's true. <laughs> but guys, let's end the 
pods. <sighs> it's been real. Hope you enjoyed this. You know, with me and Jess have missed shitting on people. Now it's been a while. When's, when was our last episode together? I don't remember. But it's been a good... <laughs> I missed shitting on people. No, we had a good time. I had a, good, I had a great time. We had a great time. So let's see. But it's been real, guys. We're going to love and leave you. We'll be back again yes. later. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Again, no to swell. No to swell. <laughs> No to leave swell. your white husband before twenty twenty four. Leave comes. them you behind. Amen. <laughs> but we'll just see you later on the next episode of Is This Cinema? Hope one day one, we're gonna get. We need to pick a special guest who we're gonna bring in one day. Who's like our yeah, dream guest? Uh, my dream will be Daniel Kalia, because then I can try. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Or. All of Peter. I don't know why my mind's gone blank. It's hard to think, or, isn't it? No, but then Michaela Cole's not a. Michaela Cole would be good. It should be great. It should be good. But yeah, we'll wait and we'll see. Because I need to ask her about that ending of um, what's that show called now? Oh, um, How I May Destroy You. Yes, that's true. Anyway, but we'll see Maybe you guys one day later. In the future we'll ask her. See ya. Bye.